0: Welcome to The Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay. So. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today Gail and I are going to be talking to Diane Larue from the blog Book Chick Die. And we thought it would be really fun to take a look at all of the different book events that we go to and hearing authors speak and to figure out how that impacts how we view their work. Like I know that there's sometimes I go out and I will hear someone speak and I get inspired and I get their book. And uh, so yeah, so we want to talk about that a little bit. I know Diane goes to lots of events. We often have crossed each other in the past at publishing events. And I know Gail likes to go to her local indie to hear different authors speak. So That'll be our conversation for today. And of course, as usual, we will get to know a little bit more about our guest and talk about what we've
1: been reading. Yes. So welcome, Diane.
2: Thank you. So great to be here. I love listening to the Read Report. You guys add to my TBR list every time I listen to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we add to our own TBR list every time (laughs) we talk, too. So I...
2: (laughs) Glad to hear
1: that it's resonating. It's a dangerous, dangerous it thing. Yeah. All right, so why don't you take a minute? Um, da, uh, Nicole and I have been reading your blog, Book Chick Die, for years, and we always Thank cross you. paths with you at books, Book Expo. And we do. You are a native New Yorker. Why don't you talk a little bit about your background? You also do some very interesting work with um, a bookstore. So why don't you? Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and your connection to the book world.
2: Okay. I started blogging 10 years ago. I lived in Auburn, New York, which is a small city 30 miles west of Syracuse. And 10 years ago, my husband and I moved to New York City for his job. So I was writing a book review column for my local newspaper, The Citizen, and everyone back home was concerned that they weren't going to know what they should be reading So I started blogging, and I still do my book report column for my local newspaper back home. Um, I started blogging about what I'm reading, and then I started going to book events, and then I uh, blogged a little bit about Broadway shows I saw. And uh, after a few years, I ran into my local New York Public Library, the Webster Library branch, and they have a used bookstore in the basement, the bookseller. It's been there for 15 years. And six years ago, I started volunteering there. And it's a wonderful, wonderful store. They Everything there is donated, and everybody there is a volunteer, and the volunteers are fantastic. And we have donated over a million dollars to the branch libraries of the New York Public Library. And it's about $100,000 a year that we donate to the library. Wow. Yeah, it's really great.
1: That is so really cool. You, every
0: time I look at that, I'm like, I have to – get up there and see that we actually were
2: named um untapped cities just did a blog post about the 10 best hidden bookstores in new york city and the bookseller was named number one so we're very proud and excited about that where is it it is on york avenue between 77 and 78th street it's in the basement of the webster library that's very cool yeah it is yeah we'd love to see you there york
0: yeah, that would be really fun. I'm going to come. I'm going to, we'll... I'm yeah, that'd be, you, that'd be great. That'd be great. So we can can come when you're when, uh,
1: What are the hours that it's open?
2: We are open Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 12 to 5, Thursdays from 2 to 6.30, and Saturdays from 11 to 4.
1: Cool. I used to live, like, not far from there, and now I'm bummed that I never,
2: <laughs> never came by to see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's really, it really is great. Were you there within the 15... 15- year time span, i've been or? there for six years it'll be actually I'll be starting my seventh year
1: yeah no i think i was gone before it probably before it started so that makes me feel a little better there
0: you go <laughs> uh, all right so what has everyone been reading sure
2: I just started a novel called The Dearly Beloved, which I picked up at Book Expo. It's a debut novel by Cara Hall, and it's about two ministers and their wives. In the 1960s, in New York City, they end up working at a Presbyterian church here in the city. And so far, it's really fantastic. Her writing is just so beautiful. It's about faith and love, and it's just beautifully written it's moving and it's intimate and uh, of the two ministers one minister is very religious and his wife not so much and then the second minister it's his wife who's the woman of faith more than he is so i can't wait to see how it interacts but she's really right so beautifully it's it's i really found it very moving so far and i'm also reading um in nonfiction, I'm reading Say Nothing. It's the true story of murder in memory in Northern Ireland by Patrick Red and Keefe. And it starts out with the disappearance of a mother of 10. These men come into their home and take this mother of 10 away, leaving her 10 children on their own, not knowing what happened. And then it dovetails into the IRA at war with the British Soldiers, And it's really, it's very interesting and it's very informative. And if you don't know anything about it, which I think a lot of people probably don't know too much about, The Troubles in Northern Ireland. It's really, it's a very, it's a thick book. It's taken me a long time to get through it, but it's really a great book. I'm really liking that. And then the last book I'm reading is See You in the Piazza by Francis Mays, who wrote Under the Tuscan Sun. Um she and her husband travel to different small towns in Italy, and she talks about the food and the restaurants and the people and I'm reading that because my husband and I are going to Italy at the end of the month. Oh nice, yes,
0: I would really like that book, I think. Say nothing is also mm-hmm. on my list i have it it's i got i think I have it as an audio book, and I can't wait to listen to it. I made a list of all of my audio books the other day, Gail, because I don't want to buy anymore. (laughs) Don't want to get anymore. I want to make it through this list and I'm just hoping it has enough variety so that when I'm looking for my next audio, that there will be something I will gravitate to and say nothing is on, on my list of something I want to get to. But as Diane said, it's really, it was it a long is. book, so I'm sure it's a long audio. So who knows? If I start that, that might be the only <laughs> other thing I listen to for <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so Gail? I just finished The Bookish Life of Nina Hill by Abby Waxman, which uh, is about a woman, young woman living in... I guess she's not that young. She's almost 30 living in Los Angeles and she works in a bookstore. She's very introverted and it's kind of about her coming out of her shell a little bit and um, not adhering so slavishly to her routines. And of course there's a man and there's a, um, the father she never knew she had dies and leaves her something in his will. So all of a sudden she sort of inherits this big family. She didn't know about it. It's a, it's a very sweet book. It was, I think I like my books a little darker and for me it was, it was kind of just okay because I just, I don't know. I, I wanted, it was just too it sweet. Was too sweet. I needed more tension and more conflict and more, a little more negativity. <laughs> so um, it was fine, but I didn't read that. It's a pretty quick read. And it seems to be pretty popular. That's so
0: interesting because in this now that it's summertime, and I guess maybe things are a little bit more relaxed. now you want the meteor books because earlier in the year, I feel like you probably would have just loved this.
1: yeah, possibly. I don't know. Actually, I have read other things this year that some that were that were right. light, and I liked them more. so it may have been this book. I don't know. If you go on Goodreads, people really like it, and there's lots of people really enjoy the bookworm element of it—that she works in a bookstore mm-hmm. and she loves books—and and the, the dialogue is very smart and quippy and sarcastic, and that part I liked. I just, I just kind of needed more. It didn't really mm-hmm. keep my interest that well, but it also was a very fast read.
0: Yeah, that one didn't. I wasn't quite. I thought. I think I thought it was going to be too light, yeah. just from the cover. Her little glasses on her. Yeah. yeah. Very, uh, yeah.
2: Where you, where'd you? where you go Bernadette, the cover, I felt.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Appealing to those people.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. It was fine. I feel bad because I'm like am on like, part of a blog tour for this, which I really, really rarely agree to do because I hate feeling pressure to read a book at a certain <laughs> time. And then, like, the book never showed up. And so I had, like, on my calendar, like, post-review of um, bookish life of Nina Hill. And then I was like, I never got the book. So I got back in touch with the publicist and I said, I'm sorry, I never got it. She goes, Oh, I'll put it in the mail for you. Don't worry. Whenever you get to it. But I saw, I'm feeling kind of like a little guilty. So I'm gonna try to, I'll try to write a pretty positive review if I can, but, um, still signal to my readers that if they're looking for something a little more serious, that might not be for them. So I meant that kind of like, great crossroads of like, what should I read next? Which of the 6,000 books in my house should I read next? <laughs> and we're, we're going on vacation in a week. So I want something that I will finish before we leave because I don't want to bring a book with me that's almost done. And I don't want to bring right. hardcover with me. But I was thinking about Ask Again Yes because it's been so widely beloved.
2: That's my favorite book of the year.
1: Oh really? Yeah, I weird.
2: loved it. I love everything she writes. I think she's fabulous.
1: Do you think that I can get that done in a week with a week of like packing and work I, and all that stuff?
2: I do think so because I think you're going to be really engrossed with it and you're going to want to you're going to want to kind of plow through it even though the with the writing you really want to savor. I want to savor her writing, but I also want to to finish it because she's just she writes so beautifully. I, she's written 3 books. And I've read all three of them, and each one I've liked better than the last. And this one, I thought she just hit out of the park.
1: Oh, good. Okay.
0: Now I haven't heard that. I mean, I've this is the first book mm-hmm. that I'm hearing about from Mary Beth Keane. Mm-hmm. Diane, do you, her first
2: one she wrote was like? called *The Walking People*, and it was about the Irish immigrants that uh, built the subway tunnels in New York City. And it didn't. She didn't really get a lot of. Um, she didn't get a lot of buzz for it. She really very few people actually one woman that works with me val she knew about it and she's the only other person i know that knows anything about it and her second book was fever about uh, a novelized version of typhoid mary and hmm. oh
0: i think yeah. i heard about that I didn't realize yeah that, that was, was
2: really terrific i mean that you really felt like you were in that whole time period she really did great And then when i heard she was writing another one i was very excited she was going to be at bea and i got to meet her um. yeah, Ask Again, yes, it's just, it's more, it, this is more of a current book. It's set in the 70s and 80s and beyond, but it's, it's really the story of two families. Uh. There's two police officers from New York City. They end up moving next door to each other, upst- upstate New York, and their families interact. Their two children kind of fall in love, and then there's a tragedy in the families that kind of tears the families apart. And then they come back, the daughter and the son come back together and how that impacts everybody. It's just, it's really great. She's just, she writes, her sentence structures is just so beautiful.
1: Did I ever see you in line for this book? Yes, I think we yeah. did see each other in th- line for this I one. I think, I think that's right. We were both like, it was early, like yes. first thing in the day and we yes. just wanted to get,
2: yeah, that's right. And Jimmy Fallon chose this as, well, he didn't choose it, but his readers chose it as their summer read. Book, So I think this might be the one that is her breakout book. I really hope it is. She's young. I think she's maybe 40, if she's 40. So I'm hoping this is her breakout book, because I I would like everybody to read her. I think she's great.
1: Huh. Okay. All right. So that may be what I pick up today. Uh, Nicole, how about you? So so I finished...
0: The, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the name of this book? The Helen Phillips book that we were talking about, like, last show. Mm, I'm
1: blanking on it, too. You want me to look it up? The Need. Oh, yes. Hmm. I read that. I really liked it. This is the one about the the mom who's having these visions, right? Or she's, it's about motherhood.
0: No? It is about motherhood. It is about motherhood. I won't say what she's having. Uh, The novel begins, you know, she works as an archaeologist. She's sort of a paleobotanist, I think is what they call it. So she is an archaeologist for plants. And she and some co-workers are working on, at the specific point, that seems like it has yielded a variety of species that are... Either they were extinct or they never seemed to have existed. Uh, they never seemed to have existed on Earth. And she is, she's the mother of two young children. Her husband at the time is on, he's not on vacation, but he has to go, he's a musician. I believe he gets a gig that's across country. So she is at home with her two children with sort of like, weirdness going on at the office they found these artifacts that people are particularly interested in and they are getting like a lot of of tours and and doing a lot of tours and getting a lot more visitors than they usually get because of the nature of the art art artifacts that are found like one is this ancient bible there's a penny i think there's a coke can but there's some mystery around these objects that she's found and she's home alone with her children and she begins to have experiences and it does play a lot into motherhood and what it means to be a mother and I guess kind of the sacrifices that you make, but also those unanswered needs that you have when you, especially in the beginning, I think that when when you're parenting children who are very young and I think her little girl has just turned four and her little boy is still nursing. So I think he might be just under a year old. So it's a mix. You can't, it's one of those books that you cannot really say anything about. Like you would have to read it because basically anything else I would say would be a spoiler. But it definitely straddles several different genres, I would say a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of horror, definitely very literary exploration of motherhood and, and the needs of mothers and, and
1: just all that hmm. stuff. That book has gotten a lot of ink. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would like it. Interesting. Cause yeah. my first reaction I mean, was, it, I it has some I like
0: elements this. that I know that you would say no, but um, I think that, for all that it does a bunch of things it's just a really interesting exploration of what it means to be a mother and options that you have as a mother and you know it, her husband is away he has to be away because i think that their financial resources are uh, are limited you know they're not what they would want them to be mm-hmm. hmm. so yeah I don't know. I can't really, I can't really say anything about it, though.
2: (laughs) Well, you're adding to my TBR list again, Nicole. I
0: think it's, we just talked about Trust Exercise Mm -hmm. and we talked a lot about the construction of that novel. I don't think that, I mean, I think that this book is really a lot more accessible in some ways than Trust Exercise was, but it does leave you with the same sorts of interesting questions. Mm -hmm but being a lot more engaging. Like I think Gail trust exercise left you a little bit cold. I think that you'll really be into, into this. It It is very suspenseful in a lot of different ways. Hmm. You should check Sounds it good. out.
1: It's short too. Okay. All right. So that's that. Um, I guess that brings us up to date. Yeah. So let's, Let's ask Diane some questions. Okay. Names. So we have our Readerly Report guest questions for you. Okay. The first question that we already covered, and that is, what are you reading now? Yes. Um, the next is, tell us about an author whose books you've read all of them. Uh,
2: well, I just said Mary Beth Keene. She's one. Uh, Jennifer Hay. Who wrote Yay. Yeah, Mrs. Kimball. When I read Mrs. Kimball, I was like, who is this author? She <laughs> is fabulous. And I've read everything else that she's written. And her the last one that I really enjoyed of hers was Faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one about the priest accused of having a relationship with a woman. And his sister who doesn't know what to believe the accusation. I think she's a great writer. She writes a different book every time out. It's not always yeah. the same one over and over again.
1: Let me ask you a question. So mm-hmm. I'm like you, I'm a, with the exception of one book, I'm a Jennifer Haig completist. Mm-hmm. And I love her books. And I love I even, you know, I love when she revisits older books. So like mm-hmm. when she did News from Heaven, which was a revisitation of Baker Towers, so. right? The one book I could not get through, which I keep swearing to pick back up again, was Heat and Light, which is <laughs> such a departure, right? i read it all the way. And should I pick it back up?
2: I did read it all the way, and I, I, I know a lot of people feel the same way about that that you do. I did read it all the way through. I thought um, where I live, where I grew up, fracking's kind of a topic there, and in Pennsylvania where she writes, sets her novels, and I have family in Pennsylvania, and I think it's, it's a big topic, and I, I really did like the book. I didn't like it as much as her other books, but I know, um, I know a lot of people feel the same way that you felt about it. But I, I did like it in the end.
0: I have to say, Gail, I love that term. We have to
1: use it now. A completed <laughs> yes, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. I think, think people use it for
2: um,
1: maybe more like binge watching. Mm-hmm. But I th- yeah, well, we've now appropriated it <laughs> for our question because it's an
0: awkward question to ask. We're like. Who's, yeah. the, who's the author whose books you've all read Right, or right. It always has like a dangling
1: proposition at the end of, like there's not a good way right. to express it, but we say, what, who's your, whose books are you a completist? Second, yeah.
0: right, yes. Yeah. Second, I will say that I agree. I mean, I've told you, Heat and Light, I don't feel like, it's. it won't be your favorite mm-hmm. of hers, and it took me a while to get into it, but I feel like once you get over the hump, I think... With Heat and Light, there's a bunch of different yes. characters that you're getting to meet. It's kind of slow because it's set in farm country. But once you get to know everyone and you have a handle on the issues that are going on, I got really sucked okay. in. Because in the beginning, I think the first 50 to 75 pages I was sort of like, eh. But then you know everyone, you know the, the relationships and the issues and then I, I thought it was, I really enjoyed it. And I just love She's one of those authors, I feel like, who really can get you into some I- into yes. issues where you d- you can't really take sides. You know, she does it like, like a Tiari Jones mm-hmm. you're reading. And at one point, it's just like, oh, yeah, I totally understand your perspective. And then you go to the next set of characters who might be in op- opposition to someone whose viewpoint you were just immersed in. And then she just totally makes you flip and you're just like, Oh yeah, but you do. Have
2: yeah. I think she makes you think about you, you, you go into her books thinking, this is what I believe. This is what I know. And then by the time you finish, you're like, well, now I see the other side, the other point of view. Right.
1: Yeah. I don't understand why more people don't know about Jennifer Haig. I know. Sh- shoot her name from, shout her name from the rooftop. The condition. That was a great one. Mrs. Yeah. Kimble, uh, Baker towers, news from heaven. And they're all good. Faith they're all good faith was uh narrated on audio by therese Plummer, who has been a guest on the show and i think oh. that was my first audio narration that i ever listened to by her and she was fantastic
2: so yeah yes. i recommend her books every time someone comes in looking for a book i'm like you have to read jennifer Haig.
1: yeah i hear you
0: so diane are you a completist for anyone else
2: uh well i've read every one of the Maisie dobbs mysteries Mm. Jacqueline Winspear and okay. I don't really I don't generally read mysteries and I don't generally read mystery series but I've read every one of those she had me hooked from the very first now, one are those kind of light? they're not I wouldn't say they're light no it's uh, it starts in World War One. she's a, a nurse in World War One. it's set in England and then she becomes a private investigator and we're up to World War Two now I think it's the 15th book but it's I would not say it's a light now it's She's got some deep subjects in there. I wouldn't say it's light at all. Okay. And the other one that I've read everything, I've read everything of Adriana Trigiani, because I like what she has to say about immigrants building this country and family and love and hard work. I, I really, yeah. You know, some of her books, obviously, better than others, but The Shoemaker's Wife was, was my favorite.
0: I feel like we all went to a book event.
2: Oh yes, we did. We yes. we went to the breakfast. You were at the breakfast from mm-hmm. the book expo. Yeah, right. I've been to a lot mm-hmm. of her events. She's uh, she's. I I just like her as a person. I think she's very supportive of other writers. And she's supportive of bloggers. Too. Yeah,
0: and she has. Does she still have that? Uh, she does know? actually. That's Didn't we're we're going tour to tour Italy company? with her
2: tour company. That, uh, oh yeah they arranged our tour last year my son got married in barcelona and we went to italy and barcelona and london and she arranged the tour part of italy so yeah they do a great job that's cool yeah yeah
1: um okay next question is what is a book that everyone other than you has read
2: okay well i'm embarrassed to say this but i have not read any of the harry potter books
1: no, that's a standard readerly report <laughs> and, answer. And you're, there's three of us.
0: In fact, you have to sign a you have okay. to sign a disclosure, a waiver, saying that you will say very <laughs> before we allow you to come on.
2: Yeah, I um, my kid, my sons were just a little too old when they came out, so they weren't kind of interested in that story, and. I just never caught up. Although my son's wife, my one son's wife, and my other son's girlfriend love Harry Potter, so I feel like I probably at some point should read all of their books. But yeah, that's it.
1: Hmm. Um, Okay, this is Nicole and my favorite question: What's a book that everyone else, other than you, like? Oh,
2: okay. Well, I give a lot of thought to this. Uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. (laughs) I did not like. Mm. And I know a lot of people love that book. Mm. And Eat, Pray, Love, I'm not a fan of.
0: What was it about Memoirs of a Geisha? I'm curious.
2: You know, I can't really put my finger on it. I just, when I finished, it wasn't that I didn't, you know, I just, when I read it, I was like, I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. I didn't, and maybe, you know, sometimes it's the mood you're in when you're reading a book that maybe Definitely. that was part of it.
0: I don't know. I think there but, was something, that there was, it was fascinating, I feel like a lot of the information that I got from that book was really interesting. I mm-hmm. think that there was something a little bit cold about it. I don't know that I ever
2: warmed up You know, up maybe that, any, I think anyone. maybe that's true. I think that's true. And when people come in and ask me, oh, you know, do you like this book? I will generally say it's not my cup of tea. And anybody that at the bookseller knows when I say that, I means
0: I don't like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Recently, though, um, I read The Silent Patient, and mm-hmm. I was not a fan of that. And I read The Escape Room.
1: Oh, it, I got that at Book. I, I
0: didn't know. read yeah, this both the escape room. I l- love the silent patient.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I found them. I found them kind of implausible. I wasn't really interested in the characters. And again, it could have just been that wasn't my day to read that kind of book. But people have yeah. asked me about that, and I'll say, mm. not my cup of tea. But if you like, you know, <laughs> you like, you might oh. like it.
1: Okay, so what's if if I. If you're standing outside a bookstore, and so let's say it's a a new bookstore, okay. so not um not used books, okay. and I gave you 25 bucks and sent you into the store, what would you buy?
2: Okay, if you did that, I would probably buy, and you're going to like my answer scale. I would buy Fleischman <laughs> is in trouble. Oh, good. Or the Logger Queen of Minnesota because I did not get that at Bea and I wanted it, um, and I loved Kitchens of the Great Midwest. I I met him at Bea when he was promoting that one, and I just loved that book. I thought it was unique and fantastic and I can't wait to read Lager Queen of Minnesota
1: well you will get no complaints from anything you just
0: said me. <laughs> I want to read Fleischman in Trouble too Gail if you had to answer that question what would you say
1: oh with 25 mm-hmm. bucks well I've all the books you just mentioned I've already read so wouldn't be those um <laughs> it would be god oh uh, what's in my what's, What do I want? It's funny I was just in that a bookstore on Wednesday browsing around and trying to think what tempted me. You know what I would get, um, and partially based on when Ann Bogle came on the show, Nicole, and she really, really sold me on the river? Oh, yeah, the Peter Heller book. Yeah, I think I would maybe get that. I feel that. like I give
0: that the eye every time I'm in a bookstore. Yeah. What about you? I would probably get My Friend Anna. I don't know. There's so many I would No, I don't know that one. Well, I don't, there was a, I don't know, I can't remember whether it was a New Yorker article or a New York Magazine article that was really huge, viral, went viral in the spring of this year. It was about this woman called Anna Delvey, who was basically this young con artist who is posing as a German heiress. She sets up shop. I've read about this. Yeah, she sets up shop in this swank hotel, just lives there for months, you know, talking about how her letters of credit are going to arrive. And, of course, me and my friends are only only, like, only a young white woman could do this. because (laughs) (laughs) I check into a hotel. It's like, what do you mean you don't have, a you know, like, a form of payment that we can... Bill right now. Yes, already there is a... I'm trying to think. I think this is a fictionalized version of that story.
2: Yeah, that sounds
0: good. This is the astonishing yeah. true story, I think. But I think this is actually nonfiction. So maybe they just research this. But anyway, I'm completely fascinated. So the, actually, this is about a woman who worked in the hotel, because not only did the hotel float her, but she became friends with the hotel employees, and they would put things on her credit card for her. So this <laughs> story is actually of a woman, just like a regular woman, who this woman befriended. And she put like more than $62,000 worth of credit card. I mean, debt on her credit card for this woman. Wow. So that it's that story from that point of view. My Friend Anna by Rachel Deloche Williams.
2: That sounds fascinating.
0: So that just came out on July 23rd, and I think I would get that. I have to, uh, just because Diane just brought
1: up kitchens and, <laughs> um, and Lager Queen, <laughs> I have to say, that? my big exciting news. You want me to save yeah. it? Okay. All right, I'll save it it for the later part of this conversation show. Okay. We have three. Wait, what did you say? Difference? (laughs) All right, difference. Oh, man.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, if it dovetails super nicely with what something Diane said, then fine. Okay. No? Okay. I'll be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. I will.
1: I will. I'll hold it.
0: it. it. Diane, you'll have to listen to find out.
2: (laughs) Okay. I definitely
1: will. It has to do with the author you just mentioned. That's all. Okay. Okay. All right, good. So that gives us a little sense of Diane. Um, I'm always curious to know, and this is putting you on the spot and with no time to prepare or research it, but um, from the perspective of a co-host of a podcast, I'm curious to know, are there any books you've heard about from the Readerly Report? And do you... Between Nicole and me, is there one of us that tends to gravitate more towards your reading style than another? I'm just, I'm always interested to know what people get. Like, when people come up to me and they're like, oh, I just read something from your blog. I always want to know what it is. So I'm just curious to know what resonates with people.
2: Well, I think, Gail, you and I have probably pretty similar tastes. Like I said, The Fleischman in Trouble and Lager Queen of Minnesota are two that I know you've been talking Mm -hmm. about. And i those are two that I've been wanting to read and I didn't get in at BEA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think those two are probably the most recent ones okay. that I can recall.
1: I don't think Fleischman was at BEA. No. Um, I, I actually, yeah, I actually paid like cash for that book. Yeah. Ooh.
2: I know. I think I tried to get it on NetGalley or Voice, and I got rejected, so.
1: I think I did too. Yeah. Yeah, I just was like, okay, this is a message from God that I need to go buy this book. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. And it was worth it. And now I have it. Sitting I was about to say, and you kept it. Yeah, I did keep it. Actually, I feel like I lent it to someone because I don't know where it is. But uh, yeah, it's 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 in my extended possession at the moment. Someone has it.
2: And I know that you and I talked, Gail, about The Dutch House, Anne Patchett's upcoming book. We talked about that at uh, BEA. Yeah. I really want to read did that. Did you one. get that one? I did get that one. I can send that to you when I finish it.
1: Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. I would love to read that. Yeah.
2: Is it, have you read it yet? I have not read it yet. Okay. Wait- I might do that before I go to Italy.
1: I'm so curious to know how that is. Um, I just let my mom, whenever she goes away, I always give her like four books to take with her. She's, I always say to her, what are you reading? What are you bringing on the trip? She says, well, I've got this one book. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she was going away for You're a like, month. And how I you do you do vacations. No, I said, she said, well, I don't know how much time I'll have. Meanwhile, you know, she's emailing me like two weeks later, like, thank God you gave me these other books. She sounds
0: like my mother. I'm always trying to get
1: her to take books. And
0: she's like, well, you know, I usually don't read that much. And I like to hang out.
2: (sighs)
1: like, whatever. Take more books. I mean, how, if you don't have double the amount of books you need when you go on a vacation, then there's something wrong.
2: Yes, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I gave her Commonwealth, and she didn't love it. Like, she thought it was kind of weird. And I'm thinking back on Commonwealth. It's definitely not my favorite Anne Patchett. So I'm curious to know what um, the Dutch house will be like. Is yeah. it kind of more like
2: I agree with you. on. I agree with you on Commonwealth. I kind of felt that because it was so close to her real life, her family, I I felt that she was a little farther back when she was writing it than when she writes her books that don't really aren't really based on her her life but i that's what i felt i felt like a little a distance between the characters and her when she was writing and i'm curious as to if that was because it was a story about her family really growing up mm-hmm. right
1: oh i also have to correct myself um Fleischman is in trouble is sitting right here i've got okay. it it's it's in it's in the it's in. The i house. still
0: have not been able to find queenie i don't know
1: Oh Nicole, oh, I need to send don't it know to what you. To I'm gonna it. send it to you. Wasn't there another book I was supposed to send you?
0: I think that we were talking
1: about Patsy, right?
0: Was it Patsy? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. Okay. Which one of those two was just selected by Jenna? Oh Patsy, Patsy. yes. Mm-hmm. Patsy, and like I was really disappointed to see that all these people were posting like oh, I'm skipping this month. Oh, they did. I don't know. Yeah come bum me out. Um, Okay. So we're going to talk now about bookish events. And Nicole and Diane and I have been fortunate that we've been able to attend the Book Expo over the years. Obviously, for Nicole and Diane, they're local, so it's not as difficult to get there. And I'm thankfully not that far away. I live in D.C., so I can get up to New York pretty easily. Um, but you know, we, I think we all feel really lucky every year to be there. Um, and we want to talk a little bit about what makes us go back every year and what our agenda is. But then I think for our listeners, I think it'd be helpful to talk about how to find events that are closer to home and events that aren't as big of an investment to go to or Mm -hmm. events that you don't need to be a book blogger to go to, um, And I mean, I'll start out by saying that I am also lucky to live in D.C., which has a lot of great independent bookstores. There's one very close to my house, which is sort of the granddaddy of D.C. independent bookstores or grandmother. (laughs) It's called Politics and Prose was actually founded by two women and is currently owned by a husband and wife couple. And I feel like there's lots of good women leadership representation there. Um, but there's also new bookstores that have cropped up. There's one called East City Books that I went to a book reading by Linda Holmes a couple weeks ago on Capitol Hill. And there's a new bookstore called um, Solid State Books where I saw J. Ryan Straddle last week. And it's if – you, if you find a bookstore in your city, then take the time to look at their calendar every week right. or every month and see who's coming because – people, you know, authors have extended book tours and they go to, um, the sort of like the big usual suspect cities, but they also go to a lot of smaller cities and cities that, you know, might, you might not think of. And I, I know that with some authors, they go to cities that are particularly relevant to their book. Mm -hmm. Like J. Ryan Straddle has like six readings in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. or across Minnesota because his books are set there. So, you know, maybe your local paper or the local websites that talk about events, but just actually going on the, the website of the bookstores and, or following them on social media is a really good way to just find out who's coming. Also cultural centers. Like
0: if you, if there are any in, in your state or in your city that you're aware of a lot of times, if the book is about a particular culture or if the author is of a particular culture, you know, like Scandinavian or Asian mm-hmm. or whatever. I know that they do in New York, they do a lot of crossover with those types of organizations, you know, people who are, are looking to promote the authors because of, of whatever identity that, you know, that they can make a connection with, or sometimes even just colleges, you know, lots of times authors will right. talk at their mm-hmm. alma mater mm-hmm. or with regional colleges in the area, you know, there's just to check out those things because a lot of the colleges and universities have readings and talks that are often also free and open to the public or, you know, for a nominal charge.
2: And libraries, mm-hmm. too, sponsor events. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at the library or sometimes off the library premises, they sponsor events in their communities as well with authors.
1: hmm And I didn't know this, but libraries get a budget to bring in yes, authors. Yes, they do. Um, yeah. So they're not, so authors are not always dependent on what their publicist mm-hmm. will pay for, or what their publishing house will pay for, or what the sort of the book tour overall budget can support, but they get paid by libraries. And I know Jean Kwok mentioned that to us, mm-hmm. that she was going to a lot of libraries. And, you know, those I think often happen after the book tour. Right, right. So when the book isn't quite as popular, but has kind of been out for a couple of months, mm-hmm. then they'll do like a library tour. So what is it about Book Expo that you guys look forward to the most?
2: I like, there's a couple of different events at the Book Expo that I like. Well, I do like connecting, seeing people like you that I don't normally get to see. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also like they have the editor's book buzz on the first day where six editors Mm -hmm. from publishing houses come and talk about an upcoming book that most people probably aren't familiar with. And I really enjoy that because you get to learn about, frequently debut authors, um, and there's also a, they do the speed dating, the book reporter mm-hmm. newsletter, they do a speed dating with the different publishing houses. So they used to, the first year they did it, they did it with authors, so the authors went from table to table, and I liked that a lot. Now it's the publishers, but I, I enjoy that, getting to see and hear about the upcoming books. Those that, are two of my favorite things about the Book Expo.
1: Yeah, those are both great. What I, I've been trying to figure out what the track record for personally for me is with those editors' buzz books. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't. I usually grab every one of them. I definitely right. don't read all of them. Um, was uh, American Marriage one of those buzz books one year? I'm trying to remember. No, no,
2: American Marriage wasn't. I don't think it was a buzz book, but they did have uh, Thierry there out at the Algonquin booth.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't know about last year's. I had actually meant to suggest this that we track them because
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think Ohio was the big book last year yeah. one of the big books last year and I had my reservations about it I had felt like I wasn't going to read it because it seemed like it was from too many different perspectives and it was taking on too many dark subjects like it wasn't very focused and it was just grim mm-hmm. um and from did you end up reading I did it? not read it I ended up yeah, I didn't read it. It seems like a lot of the feedback on that was that it was either people really loved it or they thought it was too grim and too long and overwritten. And I don't think that did as well as they would have liked, you know, for it to be. It wasn't like one of those buzz books that I think really stood out, struck out.
1: Yeah. I'm of looking course, to Of course AJ
0: Finn's novel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I oh, yeah. Right. Was a buzz
0: panel book. That's right. So
2: That's was um, yeah.
0: So was the. So were the Mortalists, which I didn't think I would necessarily like, but Gail liked it.
2: I liked it. I didn't like it. I didn't love it, but I did like it a lot.
1: Yeah. Wasn't Made one of them?
2: Made was one of them. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which I still haven't read. I went to hear her speak, but I haven't read it yet. One that I um, liked of their
2: buzz books was Matthew Thomas. We are not ourselves.
1: Oh yeah I never read that, that one. that was
2: really good that was again it was a, an Irish woman um, married it's kind of her life story living in New York City and her husband ends up with uh, an illness and she has to take care of him and it's that was really that was a good one I, I don't know I, it didn't really catch on too much and I'm not sure he's written another book since but he's I like that one a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm looking back at last year's. I have not read any of them. It was Made Ohio. She would be king. Small animals. The real Lolita. And there will be no miracles here. This is all 2018. And I never, I never read any of them. There will I, be I no know. miracles
0: then- here. I really do want to read.
1: I think that's the novel about
0: it. It's a novel about an African American man who might be gay. I think he's gay, and I think he went to one of the Ivies. And I think he talks about his career path. I think it's...
1: I'm not sure that's a novel. No, it's a memoir. It may have been a memoir. Yeah. Yeah, he goes to Yale. Um, He grew up in Texas, I think. And he goes to Yale. And I think it's... It has here, Coming Age Story, Dealing with Race and Class and the New American Dream. But yeah, that's a memoir. Um, This year, there were a couple that appealed to me. And I think, Nicole, I sent you a few of them. There was one about... One called the warehouse. Yeah. There was one about um, parenting, like sort of. Oh, it was about a, a, a mom and a nanny. I think that relationship. Oh, that one looked really yeah, good.
2: Such a such a fun age. Such a fun age, yes. right?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, and I. I mean, I guess I like that when you go to the the buzz panel you're not going to necessarily hear about the books that have the biggest marketing budget. You get the, you get this one, these books that have caught someone's eye that are a little different, but that people feel are worthy of attention. So those are good. Yeah. And speed dating is always a great event. Um, You know, even, If the books that you actually hear about when you're sitting at your own individual table don't end up being ones that resonate with you, there's always the, like, grab bag of books that are on tables that people are madly rushing around to get at the end. And sometimes there are books that you have been out for a little while Mm -hmm. that you've seen around that you've wanted to get. And sometimes there's, like, this drives me crazy. Sometimes there's books that I've waited in line for, like, an hour for the day before, and then there's a big stack of them just sitting there. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, I didn't have to wait in that long line for that book. What about what – how do you guys feel about waiting in line to get your book signed, whether you're at Book, book Expo or you're at a bookstore? Is it worth it? Like, wh- and if so, why do you do it?
2: I've, at Book Expo, I've come to the conclusion that I'm only going to wait in line for a signature if it's somebody I really want because you can be waiting in line for half an hour. Yeah, But when I go to a bookstore, generally, uh, I will generally buy a book because I feel if the author, well, first of all, if I'm going to the event, I'm probably want to hear what the author has to say and I'm interested in their book, but, uh, I've never really had to wait very long in line for an author signature at a, at a bookstore.
1: Right. Um, I love having the signature and, you know, sometimes they write something like mm-hmm. sometimes if, if I've. Of Have some sort of a relationship with them, like we've corresponded, mm-hmm. or they know I've written a blog post or you know we've met in the past, or like Jean Quak or something. They'll always write something that makes me feel happy th- right. to look at later on, and when it's sitting on my shelf, and I pull I go, like, oh yeah, this one's signed by her, like I always like that,
0: yeah, I'm not a big signature person <laughs> <laughs> <Just about me. laughs> I'm sure there's a book about signatures, like what it what draws people to get the signature i'm not I don't even I won't, don't want to say starstruck or anything, but I'm just like, what in the world am I going to do with your signature?
1: Usually, well, I mean, if if you're, I, if you're not going to keep the book, if I'm
0: if I'm standing in line, you know, and I feel like when you're standing in line, there's always sort of a push, especially if you're at somewhat some place like Bea where the book is not out. There's sort of a push to get it. You know, I feel like they would prefer you to have it autographed. Right. I don't know, but yeah. If I can get it and not have it autographed, I'm fine with that because it's, it's nothing that I ever think to look back at. I don't, it doesn't give me any warm and fuzzy feelings or anything. Even if I really like, I mean, it would have to be like Michelle Obama or something, her signature in a book. Uh, it would have to be yeah. something, someone
2: like yeah, really, but just good. the
0: average author to know that they have the signature in the front. Uh, you know, I
1: just not interested. Yeah. Right. Um I think Nicole and I have also mastered the trick of like waiting in line. Then sometimes they come and they hand you the book.
2: Yes, I've done that. And then it's like yeah, yeah I can and go now. And they hand you the book
1: with the Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you think you're gonna wait around and then you don't wait and you just yeah. leave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so what are the type of book events and formats that you enjoy the most and how do you feel like it influences? Like if you go to like Diane, you just said that if you go to a reading, you're basically going to, you feel like you're going to buy the book. Gail, do you feel that way? Or how do you feel when you are choosing book events to attend? Like who you want to hear
1: speak? Yeah. I almost always go when I've already read the book. Um occasionally I'll go if there's a book I'm really interested in, but I haven't read it yet. Um, so I usually have the book with me and when I bring it, much to the bookstore's chagrin, I'm sure. And then um you know, like I have to be honest, like I don't always love hearing an author read from a book I've already read. Yes. Because I've already read it. It's kinda right. boring. I don't So like usually to hear I bring them. another book. <laughs> and you and you read while they're reading? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so me i mean i try to be subtle about it like when when j ryan straddle was reading last week from lager queen i basically skimmed through kitchens all over again i just like oh my gosh. read the entire but like in you know like like five minutes
0: um, you're gonna be able to recite kitchens yeah. from memory i know right? i'm just gonna point to a page and say a line and say gail go Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't love hearing them read because sometimes they're not very good readers. I was going to say, yeah,
0: I think that that can be a big influence. And I think that certain people, I think that that's something that you should know. Not everyone is a great reader. Right. And I also feel, I agree with you. Like, I I mean, not only do I not want a book that I've already read to me because it's kind of boring. I don't want you reading to me. (laughs)
2: Unless- I like to go to, uh, to different events. Not necessarily you sit there listen to the author. I went to a brunch a couple of weeks ago in Brooklyn for Lisa Grunwald's Time After Time. Uh, which, I don't know if you've read that one, but that one's really great. Uh, it's set in Grand Central Station in 1937. This rail man, Joe, finds this woman there. She's a little disheveled. She asks him to walk her home. He starts to walk her home. She disappears.
0: It's sort of a time travel, right?
2: It, it is. And I don't like that kind of stuff. I'm not a super, I don't like to read things about supernatural, but I just fell in love with this book. It's such a great love story. So she comes, he sees her three years later, the exact same day in the exact same spot, wearing the same clothes. So it's kind of their love story. They find out as long as she stays inside Grand Central. They can be together. So the kind of the question becomes, what do you give up for love? But the the author Lisa Grunwald did such an amazing job with her um, with her research. It's just it's so detailed and so perfect. You feel like if you go into Grand Central Station, you will see these characters there. So they had a brunch. Adriana Trigiani. Um, they had a brunch for her, so she got to meet a whole new audience of people. And that was fun because you got to actually sit down and talk to other readers. Usually when you go to these book events, you you know, you, you're listening to the author. You don't generally get to talk to other readers, but that was a good one. And Bryant Park also does. It's called Word for Word on Wednesday afternoons, and they host authors who come and talk. It's usually like a, a genre. And I actually saw Thierry Jones there, I think it was last year. And she was there with um, Lisa Ko, who wrote *The Leavers*. And I um, bought Lisa Ko's book, which I really didn't know too much about. But after hearing her talk, I bought her book because I thought it was good, and it was good. I really enjoyed that one too, about an undocumented worker who uh, gets picked up by ICE and what happens to her son after she's gone.
1: I really like *The Leavers*. Yeah, that's a
2: yeah. That was yeah, great. We talked
1: about that a lot on this show.
2: But I'd like to go to different um, things, you know, not necessarily sit there and listen to an author. I prefer to. I love when they're in, con- in
0: conversation, too.
2: Yes. Yes. Very interesting. As long as the person who they're in conversation with is also interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. I do like that.
0: So everything is sort of a gamble. I mean, sometimes it just really depends on who they've got to be the moderator, the facilitator. I think some a lot of times if you get someone who is a book editor from one of the. Major publications like EW or, or, um, I guess one of the women's magazines, those can be really interesting because I think that they're mm-hmm. so used to talking to different people right. and they cover so many pop culture topics that the, the well that they draw the questions from can be so deep that you get these interesting mm-hmm. points that come across. So I really love some in conversation. You know who I saw that who wasn't, who's not a great speaker is Tanahasi Coates.
2: Oh really? Mm. Interesting. Yeah,
0: he he's a rambler, you know, like he goes off on tangents and sometimes I feel like he doesn't get complete points across, which is interesting because his essays, of course, are so detailed and structured and are so heavily based in research. But, you know, the way people the way and some writers can be introverts. The way that you sit and you write and you relate to things and you can go mm-hmm. back and polish your work is very different than to be able to get up and speak to people and be engaging and off the cuff and stuff. Right. Which is why I feel like author events in particular, when it's just the author who's who will give a reading and then answer questions at the end, can be such a crapshoot unless you know mm-hmm. that this person is really you know, is really up to public speaking and authors are asked to do this. And really they're two different skill sets. And I feel like it can really hurt a book Mm -hmm. if you go and you hear something and it's, you know, it's just less than, you know, it's just like kind of, (laughs) uh, Excuse me, I probably won't buy that book, but then there's been other books that I've that I have listened to the author and they are so engaging and whatever and then I run out and buy this book that is not a topic that I would normally read, not in a style <laughs> that I would normally read, and sometimes won't even you know it's just sitting on my shelf because I saw that person. It's like, oh, they were really good, they were really interesting. I'm gonna get that book. And then later on you look and it's like, I'm never going to read this. But that person is just, you know, charismatic and just sold me that they really had something to say and that their book was one that I needed.
1: I used to be really good about taking very good notes at these Mm Q&As and then I would write them up on my blog and it just, it just took too long (laughs) and I got lazy, you know, because I kind of felt like I was lucky that I got to live nearby politics and prose and then what if I had readers who wanted to hear this stuff, but they can't get to a reading? And I just, like, that just went by the wayside.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to do that, too, but I think I've gotten uh, less and less, uh, I don't know, not, not interested, but it is tougher to do it now than when it was in the beginning. Uh, yeah. In 2012, I can remember I saw uh, Thierry Jones for the first time with Judy Bloom at, our, mm. at Barnes and Noble, which was so fascinating. It I mean, Judy Bloom it. was... It was, and she was such a huge fan of TR. It was for Silver Sparrow, oh, which I had book. read, and oh my gosh, that that's when I just said this. I fell in love with Tiara Jones. I thought, this woman can write so well. Have you but gone listening back and read, Judy, I'm so
0: sorry. Have you gone back and go read ahead. any of her first ones?
2: You know, I have Leaving for Atlanta. I got that when I saw her at Bryant um, Park because I already had American Marriage and
0: haven't uh, got Silver Sparrow.
2: Now, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I do want to read it because I know... Right. I know I'm going to love it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Did we want to very quickly, because we're approaching time for this, is to, uh, can we do a couple of rounds of what we're looking forward to, like the main books we want to read in August? Or at least let's ask Diane. Yeah. I'm just thinking about in terms of time
2: constraints. Yep. I've got two. Um, I'm looking forward to Lisa Lutz, The Swallows.
0: Oh my gosh, is, I'm going to be reading that for. Um, yeah. Random House is doing a book club for that.
2: Oh really? Yeah. House. It's. She. Um, I read her. I read her Spellman files and liked them. You know, they're a lighter kind of mystery. But when I read The Passenger, I thought, "Wow, that was great!" And I'm really looking forward to The Swallows.
0: So, Gail, what would you think The Swallows is about based on the title? <laughs>
1: oh no i know that one isn't it's something about the bird it's definitely has birds in it no, right it's about blowjobs yep. oh the it swallows. is <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah 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 yeah, that's right that's right i read i read a review of that i'm thinking of um but does it have a bird on the cover it
2: does yes
1: yeah okay yeah i read the synopsis of that um yeah
2: and I'm also. And I,
1: so give us oh, a quick synopsis. No, I just remember of thinking
0: it, that was a, Gail or Diane. Clever title, yeah.
2: Well, they, they're, you know, you, they're calling it A Vicious Battle of the Sexes set at a private high school.
0: Oh, there we go. So, right. That's
2: right. And the other one that I'm looking forward to is Hallie Efron's Careful What You Wish For, which again is a mystery. And I'm not a big mystery reader, but um, I read her last book, There Was an Old Woman, and I really like that one. And this one is about a professional organizer who has a hoarder husband. She gets a new client, and the two women are you know, commiserating about their husbands, and the client's husband ends up dead, and the organizer is suspect. But she writes women who are a little bit older than your normal 30-something women, and I think that's why I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Cool. Those both sound good. All right. Well, Diane, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you so
2: much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's fun. We'll we'll check in with you maybe later in the year. Maybe we could do like a a year end. Oh, sure,
2: that'd be great. I'd love that.
1: Yeah, it would be fun. Um, all right. Well, we will link to Diane's blog, Book Chick Die. Thank you. And we will also link to your bookstore so that people can find it. Does it have its own website?
2: Um, no, actually, it's our Facebook page that. Okay. We should. All
1: right, to. we'll link to the Facebook page. And um, thanks for coming on and great talking books with us. Thanks so much. And Diane, Sounds
0: I great. want to, nice. us to be in touch because I want to come visit the store. I know. Oh, please do.
2: I would love for you to come see. I think you'd really like it. Okay, great.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at NicoleBonilla.com and me, Gail, at EverydayIWriteTheBookBlog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book loving friends about us. Thanks!